Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, what to know about Renee Zellweger's surprising new relationship. Plus, Britney Spears gets real in her first Instagram since her shocking court testimony. Jennifer Aniston embraces the breadbasket, and Christina Hendricks talks Mad Men and Good Girls. It's June 25th. Hi, everyone. Welcome to People Every Day. I'm Zoe Ruderman, back in for Janine, who last I checked is still hanging out in a pool in Mexico. Yes, I'm jealous. And yes, I might fly down and join her family vacation this weekend. But first, I'm going to get into the biggest stories of the day. And I'm going to do that with my work wife and my dear friend, Andrea Laventhal. Hey, Andrea. Oh, so my payment went through for that lovely introduction. I'm so glad. Yes. Hi, Thanks Zoe. for sending that check. Hi there. <laughs> so before we go any further, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge the ongoing search and rescue mission after the partial collapse of a Surfside Florida condo. The news has been tragic and heartbreaking. If you want to lend a hand from afar, the Red Cross is accepting donations to help with the efforts, and you can also donate through supportsurfside.org. Now, you know what, people, we cover the heartbreak and we cover the joy. And so I want to shift over and focus on something joyful next. Renee Zellweger is in a new relationship. Andrea, what do you think of this? I get so excited for new celebrity romances. Um especially when they're very unexpected pairings, which is the case with Renee and Aunt Anstead. I could not have predicted this. If I had given you a list of 100 people who Renee might date next, I do not think Aunt Anstead would be on the list. But I'm I'm kind of into it. And they look really hot together, too. Yeah, a little summer romance for Renee and Aunt. Um, so he just finalized his divorce, right? From Christina Hawk, who was formerly known as Christina El Musa. Yes. I think it was three days ago that we confirmed that. So um, it, the timing makes sense that they would not reveal this relationship until now. And just like a normal you know, couple, they met at work. Totally. I wonder if they had to alert HR to this relationship. I guess that's not really how it works when you meet on set. But yeah, they, so he does this Discovery Plus series called Celebrity IOU Joyride, which is like they refurbish old cars to give to the guest loved ones. And Renee was actually on the show and that's how they met. And what do we think? Like, this is the first time she's been in a romance since breaking up with her previous boyfriend in 2019, Doyle Bramhall, the second, I believe. The second, yes. Um, but I feel like we need to go way back to the beginning. So Renee Zellweger, like, obviously, we've all been following her for years and years. I love her. I feel like when I looked up who she had dated, I had forgotten some of these. It made me feel like a very bad people editor. But should we go all the way back to 1999? Oh, let's do it. Do you remember who she dated? I did not until I looked at the people.com post looking back at her relationships that I was like, Jim 
Carrie for one, it seems like one hot and bothered year, the two of them. Yeah. So they were in that movie, Me, Myself and Irene together, and they had kind of like a hot on-screen relationship there. And Carrie actually referred to Zellweger, to Renee, in his memoir as his last great love, which I thought was like kind of sad for Jim. Yeah, considering that was 21 years ago. But if all of my exes don't refer to me as that in all of their memoirs, I will consider myself a love failure. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. I consider you my great love, Andrea. Thank so I'm you. sure they do too. So then another sort of unexpected guy, she moved on to Jack White and they dated for like a year and a half. Uh, of the white stripes. Super cool, kind of off the grid guy, very, very private. And yeah, that was like one of those, oh, 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 (laughs) right. I feel like I I went on that roller coaster too. And like, I'm already seeing like kind of a type in that she goes for like quirky guys and then it continued. And I know everyone remembers this. She married Kenny Chesney. So this was in 2005. Yeah, they dated for like three months and then Mm -hmm. they got married and then she filed to get divorced after just four months. I guess it was an annulment. If it's Annulment. I think it's not even a divorce. Yeah. Um, But everyone remembers those beautiful photos of them on the beach. She was in like the white Carolina Herrera wedding dress. He was in like the flowy button down. It was the country man and the movie star and not so much. Yeah. Did not last. And then she moved on to a former Sexiest Man Alive, Bradley Cooper. That was two years. And I remember following this relationship really closely and being very, very into it and thinking like, this might work out for them. Clearly, I am not a psychic when it comes to Hollywood (laughs) relationships because it did not last, but I I was feeling it. So then her longest relationship was with the aforementioned Doyle Bramhall II, if that- Everyone's favorite. (laughs) I was going to say, if that name doesn't like ring a single bell, like not one, that's because he's a musician, but they first met at the University of Texas in the 80s. So like nothing's better than a little bit like back to the future love affair. And they dated for seven years, 2012 to 2019. But now she's with Anne. Like I said, they're so hot together that I'm really feeling it. I love a relationship that starts in summer. It feels like very sexy. I'm I'm rooting for them. It's just very interesting. I feel like we're getting close to needing a chart with the whole El Musa, Anstead, Zellweger now. There's like a tangled web here. And I'm, I, I am going to need some clarity soon. Right. So let me see if I can get this straight. So Christina Hawk was married to Tarek Al Musa. They got divorced. She married Aunt Anstead. They got divorced, which was just confirmed. And by the way, she had two kids with Tarek Al Musa, one kid right. with Aunt Anstead. They got divorced. Um, and now who is she with? Well, all I know that Tarek Al Musa is now with the gal from Selling Sunset. Heather. Right. And yes. she's marrying him. If you've ever looked at her Instagram, she mentions it once or twice. I can imagine Renee is spending a lot of time watching that show right now. Um, so anyway, speaking of people we're rooting for, Britney Spears, obviously we've talked a lot about her lately. She posted on Instagram for the first time since that explosive testimony on Wednesday. And that might not sound like a big deal, but for anyone who's been following, like Instagram has sort of been this way for her to speak to her fans. People have been following it rapidly, obviously overly analyzing, obsessing over it. And it was a really big deal. So let's talk about what she posted. So she posted this image of a little girl in a garden 
with an Albert Einstein quote. Um, If you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. And then it was her caption that was really telling. And this was a long, long caption. So I encourage everyone to go spend some time reading it. But, you know, she talked about, she said, I don't want people to think my life is perfect because all caps, it's definitely not at all. And if you've read anything about me in the news this week, you obviously know now it's not. And then she actually apologized, which I found this part really kind of sad and sweet and interesting. She said, I apologize for pretending like I've been okay the past two years. I did it because of my pride and I was embarrassed to share what happened to me. Uh, it's it really is heartbreaking and she even goes as far as to say honestly who doesn't want to capture their Instagram in a fun light like she just wants people to see her as this like happy pop star and mom and not all the darkness. I also appreciate her use of emojis. I want to I want to say I really enjoyed it too. And she said, believe it or not, pretending that I'm okay has actually helped. I mean, this is like, I think she just summed up the entire platform of Instagram in one caption. Who knew it, it was come really from interesting. Britney. Yeah, but it was sort of like illuminating and really interesting. And obviously now we're all going to be watching over the weekend what she posts, what more she says. Is this going to be like a big shift from the kinds of posts she used to put up? Is it going to be a totally new Britney? Um, And then there's like a whole other social media element that touches on Paris Hilton that I want to talk about. I think there's been a lot of chatter because on Wednesday, Britney talked about Paris Hilton and her story of abuse. And she actually admitted that she didn't believe Paris. Um, She said she was afraid to come forward with her own story because she feared other people wouldn't believe her. The good news is Paris Hilton does not appear to be offended. Someone had tweeted something kind of saying, I hope Paris Hilton doesn't take what Britney said personally. Um, And Paris Hilton actually liked that tweet. So, you know, in the world of social media, that is basically like saying that you forgive someone or that you're not mad at them. And it's pretty telling. It's one of the most fascinating parts of social media, as we all know, is watching celebrities interact with each other. We would have, without social media, we would never see these kind of conversations, if you will. So it's just amazing that we're all aware of what's going on with Britney and so much support for her. And even when something comes out that seems sort of insulting, even Paris Hilton's like, no, like I'm on her team. I want the best for her. Okay. So moving along to Jennifer Aniston, because Andrea and I are contractually obligated to speak (laughs) about friends and Jennifer Aniston anytime we talk. Um, So she is on the cover of People this week. It's this incredible interview, beautiful photos. And we talked to her a lot about health and wellness. Obviously, we touched on the Friends reunion. Um, We asked about if she'd try online dating. But Andrea, do you know what my favorite part of the interview was? I think I know, but tell me. Okay. The bread basket, carbs. When, okay. I love, this is like a celebrity version of radical honesty. Jennifer Aniston publicly admitting that she is no longer afraid of the bread basket. I just love it when anyone speaks openly about what they eat. I think like we have moved from, there was sort of a decade where, or an entire era where celebrities were like, I just drink water for my skin and that's how I, you know, stay healthy. Or I I never touch bread or I never touch pasta. So I agree. I love, it felt like radical honesty and I, I was here for it. It's like, She's saying, give yourself a break. She said moderation. And she said her body loves it. It was like, why were you depriving me of this? And honestly, there's nothing more relatable. Although I always 
been a friend of the breadbasket. I did not have her discipline. I have to. We've had a lot of lunches and dinners together, and I I don't think there's ever not been a breadbasket there. Mm-mm. So, you know, Jen, if you want to come brunch with us, we're into the breadbasket too. We'll leave you a piece. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And then obviously it was really fun to hear um, our editor ask if she would ever do online dating. And Jen (laughs) said, no, absolutely not. I'm going to stick to normal ways of dating. I love the idea of like that Jennifer Aniston would be able to do normal ways of dating. I picture her like, you know, going to a bar in downtown LA, just being like, hey, I'm Jen. Who are you? Nice to Mm -hmm. meet you. Or her online profile being like, Jen, um, actress, um, breadbasket enthusiast, like enjoys reruns, <laughs> residuals. Totally. I like. I, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you were swiping and you just saw like the Rachel haircut come up? She'd be a tough one to set up too. I think so. Yeah. And then obviously we all know Jen and Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow went on Howard Stern earlier this week um, and they got very, very candid. Um, And one of the things that everyone's been talking about is this mystery nightmare guest. So they did not name the person, but they said there was someone who had such an attitude. He acted if he was like he was way too above being on the sitcom, which as a reminder was like the biggest sitcom of all time. And everyone was watching it. They had to listen to him laugh at his jokes and he just like wasn't even funny. So now everyone's guessing. Do you have any guesses who it was? So I read through, you know, all the different famous guest stars, George Clooney, Ben Stiller, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who I was like, really? I didn't even remember that. Charlie Sheen, Billy Crystal goes on and on. And then I found the People article about Fisher Stevens uh-huh. being um, who played Phoebe's boyfriend, Roger, in season one. He told People TV's couch surfing show that he acted like a real a-hole on set and was a jerk to all the friends and that he apologized later. So it's like he outed himself. It's really not a mystery, huh? You think it's him? See, my feeling is if it were Fisher Stevens and he'd already addressed it, then they would just say that and they would be like, you know, we know he addressed this and it's fine. I don't know. Danny DeVito. I was just about to say. In that policeman stripper outfit on that episode. I'm kidding, you guys. I love Danny DeVito. If he's listening to this. I was going to say it would break my heart if it was Danny DeVito. I feel like how could you play the role of a stripper policeman um, with a heart of gold? and be a real jerk. No way. I'm going with Fisher. Sorry, Fish. Uh, Okay. I'm going to call him Fish. I'm going to do some investigative digging and I'll come back to you with my final guest. Um, Okay. So everyone knows, right, that Andrea has another podcast that she's on. Everyone knows. Yes. Everyone's buzzing about it. Just like everyone's buzzing about the Friends reunion and interviews and all of that. Um, Okay. So Andrea, who did you interview this week? So my co-host Jason Sheeler and I interviewed who I now call JLC, but the rest of you know is Jamie Lee Curtis. Wait, Andrea, I feel like we have to back up. First, like, tell us what People in the 90s is. In case you guys haven't heard, it is brilliant and so funny. So tell us what the premise is. Oh, sorry. It's about people, celebrities, in the 90s. Okay, so anyone uh, big at the time, and frankly, most of them are still big now, who are on the cover or in the pages of People in the 90s, we're getting as guests. And what's so great is because the 90s was surprisingly a long time ago, most of them are like really willing to spill. So like Jamie Lee Curtis, she's a great example. She was so candid, Zoe, okay? She was telling us all about the shoot and her life back then. And she talked about fame and like 
what is fame if it's not to help people? She talked about her famous parents, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee, and said she watched them get facelifts and neck lifts and that aging in Hollywood was such like a horrible thing to witness that she never wanted to do that to herself. But you know, you know, the thing that I was the most obsessed with actually happened recently. And and that was about the dress she wore to the 2021 Golden Globes. I'm so glad you asked about this. So tell me what she said. So just in case you guys don't have the visual right at the front of your head, like I do at all times, it was a neon yellow plunging, and I mean capital P plunging gown. And then you know what she told me? She's 62, mind you, 62. She said, I wasn't wearing anything underneath. Nothing on top, nothing on bottom. I was 100% commando. North to South, that's the way the dress fit. And as if that wasn't shocking enough, she bought it herself. She bought it. I love her. She bought it. She paid retail. She is an A-list, iconic celebrity. And the woman paid retail. And for that, she is forever my favorite guest. So much fun. Andrea, this was awesome. I hope Janine lets us guest host once again. Wait, that's it? I, I, I have more time. Anything okay, else we want to talk we'll about? We'll keep talking <laughs> off mic for a couple more hours. About the bread basket. Totally. Next up, Janine sits down with actress Christina Hendricks. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Christina Hendricks, everyone, the actress who we came to know and love as Joan Holloway on Mad Men, a role that earned her six Emmy nominations, is now starring on NBC's Good Girls, an ironic name considering what the main characters get themselves into on the show. But she is on with me today to talk about the fourth season and just her journey and how things are going. Hi, Christina. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. So, Good Girls fourth season, uh, without giving too much away, because I know we're in the middle of it right now, right? We're, we can still watch. But um, tell me about Beth and, and what her journey is right now. Beth has fully enveloped herself in petty crime at this point and is <laughs> embracing it to a certain degree. And um, I, this season's really about her sort of realizing that she's in it much longer than she ever anticipated. So if she's going to be in it, how can she do it the best way? And how can she do it on her terms. Mm, okay. So if, if you're if you're if you're gonna have a life of crime, <laughs> be organized. <laughs> be, be organized about it. <laughs> what what drew you to Beth and and this character? I mean, you're coming off of of such an iconic role um, that you were in for years, and then you know people always talk about their next project, what they're gonna do next. Um, and so, how did this one? How did you say, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be Beth? It was hard. I mean, my my immediate thing after Mad Men was I, I did quite a few films and I did sort yeah. of 
smaller guest spots on things. So I wouldn't, it wasn't like a big commitment, you know, it's sort of having fun, trying out different characters and different roles. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it, it is a big decision if you're going to do a TV series, cause it could be six months or it could be six years or it could be 16 years. So I, I had to sort of stop and say, do I want to be this woman every day <laughs> for the next 10 years? And I thought, <laughs> you know what, what I love about this is that as an actress, I get to do drama. I get to do comedy. I get to do screwball stuff. I get to work with extraordinary actresses. And I thought, yep, yeah, I can do this. I could do this for a while. Nice, nice. And and then you have uh, these characters, these very strong female characters on a show that are, uh, I guess not in this age, but at a certain time would have been considered doing, you know, a man's role or doing something, you know, just in a synopsis that would historically have been assigned to male actors. So what does it feel like to step into that power, a power that you've portrayed in a, a numerous different characters throughout your career? I have been lucky uh to play some powerful women. I think, I think power comes from confidence and, and from individuality. And, and I think what I've been lucky enough is that the, the writing on these shows have been really well-rounded. And I think that a woman can be so many different things. And the more you show all those different sides to her, people respond to that as strength. So it's been 14 years since since Mad Men premiered. So 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 take me back to uh, just w- w- when you think about the 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 stamp that that show has had on just America Americana. Does it feel like it was history in the making? Did it feel like it was history in the making, or or is it just when you look back at it now? Certainly, looking back in hindsight, I mean, what a ride! What an extraordinary journey! But. I think we realized something was happening when the Simpsons spooked us or when <laughs> SNL, like were our, our characters on TV, we were like, oh, someone's acting like me on SNL. Like this is a moment, you know, this yeah. is when you realize you've sort of, or we would open magazines and the title would be like mad business, but in our font. Mm. And even though it wasn't about us, we realized we had sort of infiltrated the culture and people were using us as references. And, and that's when it started to feel grander than just, you know, going to work every day. And it was very exciting because I think the print that it left was, was positive. You know, it, it was one of the shows that had people talking about politics and, and Mm, sex issues and race issues and all these different things um, that we were proud to have people talking about after the show ended. So tell me about um, just what what you took from it. What like going in? Who was Christina Hendricks going into that role, and 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 who was she coming out of it? Christina Hendricks was um, hardworking, scared, nervous, maybe filled with a little bit more self doubt. And I think Christina leaving it. Oh, it's so weird to talk myself. But I like it. I think I learned a lot. I learned how to be uh, more of a professional. I think I learned how to acknowledge my own contribution to things and that it was far more important than I had given myself credit for before. And um, I learned that I love a challenge and that I, I, I can rise to it. That was Christina Hendricks speaking with Janine Rubenstein. And now something to make us all smile. And by smile, I mean laugh out loud. 
Conan O'Brien just wrapped up his 11-year run of Conan on TBS. The final guest of the final show was Jack Black, and he ended things with a spoof of Frank Sinatra's My Way. Take a listen to Cone's Way. He's tall! He's really Well, that'll be stuck in my head all weekend. Thanks for listening and have a great relaxing weekend, everyone. We'll be back Monday.